Y dos. Y dos. Una. Y dos. Y dos. Hello and welcome to Cortez NYC live stream of the podcast. This is a bi-weekly show broadcasting out of New York City. We are your hosts, Cortez NYC. And Carla de Puerto Rico. And on this show, we talk about art, creativity, city life from a Latino perspective. I'm a visual artist. And I'm a singer. So let's get on with the show. This is episode five, titled Freestyle. Uh, in Art Life, our first section, we're going to be speaking about drawing from your imagination. And on Cultural Talk, we're going to be talking about different styles of Latino music. And as always at the end, we're going to be hablando español, speaking Spanish. All right, let's get on with it. All right, the freestyle. Defining the freestyle and what is drawing from imagination is what this is all about. Mm -hmm. uh, freestyling is something that is usually associated with rapping, being a rapper, and spitting lyrics off the top of your head. Improvisation in Latino music, what do you call it? Improvisación. Trovadores. Trovadores mm -hmm. do that, right? Um, you hear it also like in salsa music, you know, they do that. El soneo, el... Yeah, the, the little break they have to say whatever they have to say, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, like jazz musicians, they've always improvised. They've been, they kind of put that on the map, right? They're the cliche for that in the music world where they'll just take a basic melody and start to play with it and alter it and make it their own and turn it into a whole different piece of music, but then go back to the, uh, to the original source. Um, so what do you need? in order to draw from your imagination, to freestyle, to get something out there like that. Uh, when I'm drawing, and when I started freestyling, you know, defining it as freestyling, um, I was doing outlines of my lettering. And I remember that people would be curious, like, oh, how'd you do that if you just kind of came up with letters on your own without even sketching it with pencil first or anything like that? And I didn't think it was a big deal, but then I realized a lot of people don't do that or are afraid to do that. And then I realized, oh shit, I'm actually freestyle. I'm actually putting together lettering off the top of my head. I'm inventing a composition of lettering. Um, also, when I was in junior high school, I used to sketch characters. And there was kids, you know, I mean, I'm sure you guys, artists out there are familiar with that. When you're in junior high school or elementary school and somebody wants you to draw. And you see that there's some kids that can only draw if they're drawing from a photograph or a comic book or something. I was the kid that would draw from my imagination. So I, I didn't sit there and copy anything. I would just draw from my imagination. And I just had that ability to do that. Um, it's only when I became older that I realized that it's an actual skill. And that's what we're talking about right now. How do you develop that skill? How do you build up that memory muscle so that you can freestyle something off the top of your head? Um, my first bit of advice would be that it's all about memory so your first thing is to have a clear mind you have to have a an open mind and take in information so when you're walking around uh whatever it is wherever you i mean in a previous episode we talked about getting inspired and getting inspired so mm -hmm. so we don't have to go over that again but once you've gotten inspired and once you've taken all this stuff in memorizing it how to retain it in your head yeah like don't forget it yeah I think that just happens naturally for some of us. There's certain subjects that we like that we're going to retain the information. And those are the things that probably you like to draw. Like, for example, if I was fascinated by anatomy, 
then when I'm studying anatomy, I'm gonna retain where the muscles are, where the, the let's say the skeletal system, like the skull and the bones, and what does that, that look like? What does the muscle look like? And I'm gonna recall it when I when, I'm, when I want to draw. I'm gonna like try to sketch it out and get that information out on the paper. If I like lettering, I'm gonna remember the shapes of the letters. I'm gonna remember the serifs and the you know the bolder portions of it. I'm gonna remember if I if I like graffiti art. I'm gonna remember how maybe somebody did an arrow or somebody did a 3D, and I'm gonna recollect that information and pull it out when I'm when I'm drawing. If your memory isn't that good and you don't have that photographic memory, then the best thing you could do is to study. Think of yourself as a, almost like a doctor, like a researcher, like an archeologist. An archeologist, that's the best example, an archeologist. You're trying to find all these little gems. You're trying to go online and look for all this information and go through books and all that, but retain it, study it, learn how it works. Um, just seeing the photo isn't enough sometimes. Sometimes you have to actually find out how things work because that's going to make it stay in your head. So if you like drawing cars, don't just draw a car superficially. L study cars. Study how do the how why are the cars built the way they are? What is it what is it what are the different models that have been built along the evolution of cars and why they came up to this designs or these designs now that you're looking at. Uh, same thing with let's say um, if you like to draw robots, right? Well, think about how is that robot constructed? what makes that robot work you know what what needs to be part of that robot in order for it to make sense that it works that way when you start sketching you're going to sketch something that makes sense that where the parts fit and it looks like oh yeah that looks real that looks like it's something it's not just a bunch of lines on a piece of paper if you like to draw buildings then you need to study some perspective you need to understand how does perspective work? You need to, you should understand if you're gonna draw buildings, how do buildings work? What's underneath the structure? Um, it sounds like a, a crazy thing to do, but how many how many stories tall is, a is the average building? Yeah, so it can look realistic, right? Yeah. Uh, how tall are the windows? How tall are the windows compared to a person? Or the floor, how tall is the floor compared to a person? And then that way you get perspective on how big should the windows be and how big it, should a person be standing next to it. Um, what else? Animals. If you like to draw animals, if you like to draw cats or dogs or pets, you know, more than likely you have one then. Because a lot of people that like to draw animals have pets, right? But if you do have an animal or a pet, I'm sure that the reason you like drawing it is because it's in your head all the time, right? You're always worrying about petting them and all that. You're using your hands to pet them and you can tell... You can tell a lot about them even by holding animals, right? By holding your dog or holding your cat, you can tell how much they weigh. You can see the size of their paws. This, you know, you get a sense of the entire, you're studying them, you know? That's what helps you to be able to draw them off the top of your head in your imagination. Now, more difficult, somebody out there is probably raising their hand saying, ooh, 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 me, me, me. <laughs> yes, if you're drawing things that are fantasy, that's when it becomes a problem, right? So mm -hmm. it's easy when I'm drawing my cat or my dog. He's on my lap. Uh, Carla, you never had a dragon, I'm sure, right? You never a had dragon? A, pet, a pet dragon? You're not a Khaleesi, are you? Actually, when, <laughs> when I was little, <laughs> my dad gave me as a gift a dragon or a very weird animal. It was almost like a Godzilla 
that he had given to my brother but i don't know what happened it ended up with me and i was just little i was maybe i don't know like one or two and that was my my gift was it a, a statue it was kind of like a toy all right so if you have <laughs> if you want to draw things from your imagination obviously you're not going to have a dragon or a werewolf or a vampire in front of you right so you're going to have to figure out how to make these things come to life in in your imagination before you could even sketch them from your imagination so if you like dragons step number one is think why do you like dragons do you like dragons because they're large do you like dragons because they're reptilian do you like them because they fly because they have wings you know think about these things right because they breathe fire and then you have to study those things if you like them because they breathe fire you have to study fire go and look at video clips of fire or you know uh flames uh maybe look up flamethrowers you know, there's a lot of photos. If you Google search flamethrowers, you'll find photos of flamethrowers. And you'll see how the fire flickers and how the, the wave of the, of the flame looks. If you like reptilian elements of the dragons, then look up iguanas, look up chameleons, look up, uh, you know, giant lizards and that kind of stuff. And, and study how is their anatomy? How are they built? You know, how do they walk? Look up video clips of iguanas walking or reptiles walking. That's going to... All that studying is going to stay in your head, and then you're going to become the expert dragon sketcher, drawer, <laughs> artist. Um, that's, that's where you start to develop that. If you, if you wanted to draw, let's say, for example, some, some, some other fantasy element, let's say um, I said werewolf. A werewolf, obviously, you would study wolves and dogs and things like that, and that would help you. Maybe like a fairy? A, f a fairy, yeah. So drawing, if you like drawing, let's say, fairies. Right, little trolls and, and fairies and uh, those kind of fantasy creatures. Then you're going to look at, for a fairy, I would say you want to look at ballerinas. You want to look at dancers. You want to study dancers, see their poses. Because what fairies are known for, if they're little flying around fairies with little wings, is for being very graceful and looking like they're floating in air, swimming. They always have very elegant poses and stuff like that. So that's where you would get your... That's where you would get your, your reference, your point of reference is uh, probably dancers, models, things like that. And I guarantee you, if you start studying those things, you start looking for photos and videos and things like that, you're going to end up getting that stuff in your head. And when you sketch, you're going you're gonna to recollect, recollect that. It's going to come right out of your head. Um, if you're into landscapes, you know, if you're into um, open fields or fantasy landscapes, then you're going to want to study really outrageous photos of places around the earth canyons deserts volcanoes you know environment photo natural photographs like geographic photographs um if you're just because you're going to draw something in fantasy world on the moon or something like that doesn't mean that you have to find a photo on the moon look for things on earth that look similar to what you're talking about and you should be able to recollect some of that information when you're going to draw something out of your imagination. I think this brings me to another point. How you take, part of freestyling is taking different pieces and putting it together. So how you take a piece from here, a piece from there, a piece from there, and, and bring them together into one new idea is another big part of freestyling. The combination of these different elements.
So if I gave you five photographs and told you combine these into one thing, you're, if, you're, if, I'm, if I'm giving you the photographs in your hand, you're going to start taking masking tape and scissors and you're going to cut them apart and try to put them together somehow. And it's going to look crazy. It's going to look like you took five photographs, cut them apart, and put them together. The freestyle element is that there's no stronger machine for combining things than your brain. Your imagination is amazing at combining multiple things. Um, it's kind of like when you dream. You know how you have these weird dreams where you combine multiple subjects into one? And you wake up and you go, man, I had a crazy dream last night. Yeah. I was uh, walking a dog and it was a... a it had wings, and then uh, the dog, you know, turned into my mother. And then exactly, the <laughs> one dream goes into another, into another. Exactly. And you have things you don't know how they ended up getting together so in that, just one place. That ability, the ability to combine multiple things, is something that musicians do, and visual artists do all the time. You're taking a piece from here, a piece from there, and your brain just does it. Like you just train yourself to combine these elements and let it out in one item right in one final piece that's the beauty of the freestyle the freestyle is you taking all the knowledge that you have all the different pieces whether it's a little bit of a of a dragon a little bit of a lizard a little bit of a this a little bit of a that and then you in your brain you combine it and you start sketching it out and then you accept it as a new item on your paper so that's another part of, the, of a freestyle i think when i'm doing lettering i'll use the lettering as an example i'll take a piece of a letter from here a piece of a letter from there Sometimes I'll see like a letter E and I flip it 90 degrees to the left and it turns into a W. And I'm like, yeah, that could make like a good W if I turn it around like this and make a W out of that. Or then I'll see like a little shape. Sometimes I'll, I'll see like, um, like a little claw looking shape or a little something that looks like a shard of a, a piece of glass. And I'm like, wow, that would make an interesting piece for the letter if I just did a little shape like that at the tip. And then I add that to that and I combine these pieces together. Sometimes there's a certain line, like when I'm freestyling, I'll, I'll just sketch light, lightly some long strokes of a, of a movement, and that movement will direct me into how to complete the rest of the lettering. And I'll try to follow along with that initial piece that I put down and say, what would combine well with that? But obviously I'm bringing them from my imagination. I'm taking this out of my memory. So these are the important things, building up your knowledge, uh, reference, studying, study how the anatomy works, how lettering works, how landscapes work, all this stuff. Uh, will you say that also going into observation, maybe workshop, you know, when you go and you draw in a place, you have a model and then you draw them from observation, then F figure drawing, figure drawing. So then doing that a lot can also help your brain to develop a memory from that shape, right? From yes, those. I would, I would agree with you on that. Yes. Um, so if you, if you've never done it, if you're, if we're talking about visual art and you've never done this before, figure drawing is very important. Um, drawing from direct observation is important for drawing from your imagination. That also helps to, um, it helps to distinguish in your mind what mode do you go in when you're drawing with your eyes visually from from something that's in front of you in reality and drawing from your imagination something that's in your memory and the more that you practice drawing what's in front of you obviously in contrast the better you're going to get at the other side drawing something from your memory so 
you don't have to be in a figure drawing class. You can just maybe draw your boyfriend, your girlfriend, draw a friend if you you know if you don't have somebody in your fa- in your <laughs> in your life right now. Draw a friend. Um, draw a family. You know, draw your mom, draw your your sister, your brother, whoever. But I think that's that's a, an easy way of trying to train your brain to see what's really in front of you, and then. In contrast, when you're alone, you can sit down and sketch out of your imagination. If you can't do that, then do still lifes. That's another thing. That's another element here of studying is um, play, toys, little figures, all the little figurines, the little collectibles. You know, if you're into that, that can kind of help also. If you'd like to draw fantasy items and you collect toys or you collect little figurines or little sculptures, letting your imagination play and and seeing a figure in front of you maybe putting it with a certain lighting and sketching it even if it's just quick sketches you start to study it and you know sometimes we look at a, at a figurine uh for face value and we just say oh it, it's a it's a cool figure because it's let's say it's a i don't know darth vader oh look it's a darth vader statue wow it's so cool but you don't really look at what makes darth vader darth vader until you study it and you sketch it then you start looking at the clothing, the helmet, the shape of the helmet, the detail on the helmet, all that stuff, and that stays in your head as you're sketching it. And then when you go to draw from your imagination, it's in your head. So that helps also. That's another subject, and that'll yeah, be a follow-up we'll, subject mm-hmm. is drawing from observation. But we'll talk about it on the next episode. Yeah, but that's that's uh that's helpful too. Um, another thing, just drawing from imagination that helps that's that's helped me in the past. Music, for me, and this is specifically talking about drawing. And I've heard the other way around. I've heard musicians tell me that they get inspiration from visual art. So I've had musicians tell me in the past, when I see your painting, I get inspired. I get ideas, right? Well, I get ideas from music. When I put on some music, close my eyes, let my imagination wander, pictures come into my head. I just I, That's just the way I'm built. I don't know if it works for everybody. But for me, that really works. Um, I think... When I listen to music, I think about what's the atmosphere in the music, what's the mood, what's the space, what's the tempo, is it making me think fast, slow, you know, and I start to get pictures in my head of a scene, you know what I mean? That helps a lot to loosen up the imagination and draw from your imagination. Um, I think books might help if if you read articles or you read books, fiction books. That might help also. That might help to fuel your imagination then help you draw from your imagination. Because 90% of drawing is what's in your head. Mm-hmm. It's not can you draw. It's really can you draw an idea in your head mm-hmm. and then get it out. Mm-hmm. Because um, I'm, I'm sure that if you're drawing, you, everybody has their own style. I don't, I, don't think it, I don't think you have to be a great artist or illustrator to draw right i think when everybody starts we start off really rough right we don't know what we're doing um and our illustration style might not be perfect so the idea isn't the problem isn't for a lot of people they say oh i can't draw from my imagination because i can't draw no you can draw you just are not allowing yourself to gather your thought and and make that one thought come to life um i mean we have some music in the background going on right now as we talk and I'm sure if I sat here and just stay quiet for a second think about what is the music <laughs> telling yeah, you exactly <laughs> it would it would kind of give you some hints and some clues and, and steer you in certain ways so 
that helps for me music helps um it helps I my think, train of thought mm-hmm. a lot i think uh movies too oh yeah i mean in movies you get the actual visual so then i get i guess you get the idea in your head and yeah. in order for you to create your own but you can use it at re- as reference and start with that and then create something else that's true another thing about drawing from imagination i take a few seconds to really think what do i want to draw and what am i drawing and then i think is this going to be a poster is this going to be a small study of something like a part just a piece of something or is it going to be a whole poster a finished composition with figures and backgrounds and everything sometimes when you're drawing from imagination you don't you don't you're afraid to dictate what are you going to draw you know are you are you trying to complete an entire piece you know the whole page you're going to fill the whole page with a background and this and that or are you just curious about drawing an eyeball and you're just going to sketch an eye you know what i mean it's just an anatomy sketch it's just a few sketches maybe i'm going to sketch a hand maybe i'm going to sketch part of a face and that also makes people stop sometimes because they feel like they start sketching they start to do a smile and then a nose and part of a face and then they ran out of space on the paper and they were like oh i didn't man i wasn't thinking or or there's such a draw like some superhero character or something and then they end up with half the body off the page and the other half is not there and then you have an entire other side blank and they're like man i can't draw i don't know why i can't draw and it's because they're not thinking of the entire page and what are you drawing what are you what are you trying to bring to life are you is this just a a, a study session where you're just going to sketch a piece of something or are you trying to do a complete composition where you should really consider that the figure is just a portion of the illustration and then you got to consider the rest of the illustration as well and sketch out everything a little bit a little bit at a time that's another part of it um i think a lot of people start sketching from imagination and then stop the minute that they realize that they didn't realize what they were doing mm-hmm. they get scared of themselves they're like what am i drawing i don't know what i'm drawing and that scares people sometimes so i think it's it's good to have your expectations set and to have a vision of what is it you're really why are you drawing from your imagination um sometimes when you're drawing for a project like if i've done stuff where i've illustrated let's say for a I don't know, a poster or a, or a painting or something. And somebody's hiring me to do an illustration and I'm doing thumbnails. Now, thumbnails are going to be from my, my imagination because nothing exists yet. And I have to think of what am I drawing? So I know that my thumbnail sketches, the small sketches are going to be compositional sketches. I'm not going to try to get real detailed. I'm not going to worry about the hair on the person's head or like the, what are they wearing? What kind of coat? Mm-hmm. I'm just going to do a rough sketch of the whole concept and do a lot of rough layouts. That's drawing from my imagination, but it's not to completion. It's just yeah. a bunch of little doodles. That's different, and that that is when you know your expectations, you accomplish something much bigger at the end. You you can draw from your imagination, and then and then after you have your roughs and your idea, you can look for more reference to back up your imagination because you're not going to know everything about everything. So you're going to look for your reference, and you're going to start to do more sketches to study. How is this thing built? Like if I'm doing a sketch, if somebody's hiring me to do a painting of a castle and I don't know what castles look like, well, first I'm going to worry about my my sketches and my layouts for the composition as a, as a complete thing. 
and then I'll worry about getting reference of castles and how do the stones look and how do the edges look, what kind of windows do the castle have, and I'll start to sketch those things into it and using more reference for, you know, to, to get that together. But the imagination part was the beginning where you start to get your initial view. Where, where do you see this castle? Are you from above, from below? Are you from inside the castle looking up? Are you from above the castle looking down? You know, that's where they hire you to be creative and to think about the picture of this castle before you even get any reference of an actual castle. Um, so I think I think that we you kind of covered a lot. Yeah, we covered a lot. Drawing from imagination, but did not stop. We went straight through it. Mm -hmm. um, you guys, let us know. What do you what do you guys do when you want to draw from imagination, or, or what's the challenges that you guys find from drawing from imagination? Um, we're speaking visual art mostly. I mean, Carla. Yeah, I've tried to draw from my imagination, and the only thing that comes out always is a heart and a house <laughs> and flowers. That's all I can do. I don't know why. I, I even tried to to draw a face, but all my proportions are bad. It's not good. But if we relate it to music, I guess um, when you are singing or maybe when you're playing an instrument, you listen to the sound first and then you develop your own idea of the sound and that's how the sound comes out. So basically it's kind of like drawing from your imagination, but you're playing or singing from what you understand of what you heard which is i think is relatable what about when you when you have a melody in your head from your from your memory right yeah 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 and, and then it affects it affects your your you know your psyche right like yeah that's true like sometimes you can have a melody in your head you it's stupid it's a stupid melody maybe it's very um short i don't know very silly but it cannot leave you alone <laughs> so that happens too and i guess that's how songs are created yeah. it starts with a melody that you cannot take out of your brain but i think it comes from inspiration from what you heard um before and then you can create something new all right, so that wraps up our talk, our art talk. Um, if you like what you heard, remember to hashtag on Instagram, Cortez NYC Livestream, um, hashtag Art Life. Uh, we posted a teaser on there of this podcast. We're going to be launching it pretty soon. Shout out to Anthony Velasquez, Tone Mag, Dr. Caution. We see you. Thank you for the support always. So, guys, get ready. This is um, our new platform, Cortes NYC Livestream, the podcast. And now, on to Culture Talk. My favorite part, this is where Carla does all the work and I get to sit back and just listen. What's the subject this episode? Listen to me. Honey, no, Linda, listen, listen, Linda. <laughs> well, uh, today in our in our cultural talk, we're gonna be talking about different styles of Latino music, like genres. <laughs> yes. Okay. Like different styles. <laughs> and okay. So I have I have a lot, but I'm gonna I wanna go like through them um, by country maybe, maybe like by the Caribbean, then 
South right. America, stuff like that. Listen, I have I have different ones. This yeah. is your world. You do you. Yeah, I'm Enjoy gonna yourself. do me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so first we're gonna start with Puerto Rico. Woo-hoo. La um, Isla del Encanto. Sí, la Isla del Encanto. So some s- styles that we get from Puerto Rico as Latinos. Um, we have some that are very um, from very from the culture of Puerto Rico. So that means that they're mostly um, more listened to in the island. So like the plena and the bomba. These are styles that has transferred to the United States, but it's more in maybe cultural centers or... Like folk music. Like folk music, yeah. But these styles also, um, they can be used as reference for other um, styles. Like salsa. Like salsa, like reggaeton too. Sometimes they'll use the the drums Mm -hmm. of of plena and bomba. Um, so So plena and bomba, tell me about it a little bit. Yeah, so Plena and Bomba, basically, like you well said, is folk music from Puerto Rico. Plena um, is, it was the music that it was used to announce um, events in the island. So with the music and the drums, you will have somebody that will scream everything and that will say, let's say, um, the priest is coming to town or a hurricane is coming or <laughs> something's happening. So that okay. was the start of it. But now we use it as part of our music for okay. Christmas and holidays. So it's plena and, and then bomba. bomba is um, the music that we inherit from the slaves in the island. Um, and then they use the bomba and the drums for bomba so to communicate Af- with each other. Afro-Caribbean stuff. Yeah. So these are two um, of folk music of Puerto Rico and then going into something that we know a little bit more um, is salsa. So salsa is, it is a little bit complicated to explain because some people say that it it came from Puerto Rico, other people say it came from Cuba, but the reality is that I think they mix all together in New York yeah they um so you had rumba you had mambo you had jazz yeah so these people that they came with their influence from the Caribbean then they created a mixture with all this that was happening here in the city and then eventually in the 70s disco added on to that and that added another flavor to it with the compositions the horns the violins the way that they use violins is very disco-y and orchestrated so yeah salsa took on a, a different take i mean you have also salsa like latin american salsa from colombia mm-hmm. uh joy arroyo who put in a lot of cumbia in there and a yeah. lot of afro uh rhythms that's what i was going to say there's now we have different styles of salsa we have salsa that is more with the whole orchestra that you listen to every single um instrument and then we have salsa that is a little bit more connected to the drums and a little bit more connected with the singer so now we have so many styles that it is interesting how it happened, how it started in a city and then it transferred to the original countries again and then they created all these new styles of one style. <laughs> yeah. Also, um, even salsa got used into like uh, a fusion with reggaeton. Yeah. Where reggaetoneros started taking some of the salsa inspiration so that kind of continued the conversation as well right yeah yeah 
Yes, that was a salsa con reggaeton. That was a, 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 an album. Yeah. It was a, a feature, a lot of reggaeton artists and a lot of salsa singers from Puerto Rico, I think. Next? Yeah. Okay. So next, um, so then we go into Dominican Republic uh, and they have the merengue and the bachata. Yeah. So the merengue is a type of music that is, I think is pretty recognizable in all Latin America and here in the United States and it's pretty easy to dance to so like two steps two steps and you keep dancing and dancing yeah left right left right left right left mm -hmm. right and then bachata is from Dominican Republic nobody can say this is not true <laughs> and <laughs> And yeah wow. sometimes it happens <laughs> yeah i'm Damn. half dominican and um so bachata is also i feel like it's pretty easy to dance and i like to dance bachata a lot okay. um, it's from dominican some, republic some people might not agree yeah okay um they are then i have here cumbia which cumbia i have mexico and Colombia, but I know that there's other um, Latin Americans, Central America and South America, um, other countries in that area that they play cumbia. It's different types of cumbia though. I think if you really pay attention and listen to the cumbia from Mexico and the cumbia from Colombia, you can you can tell the difference. Yep. Uh, then I have over here, going into a little bit more for Mexico, the mariachi and the banda which mariachi um <laughs> yes so, yeah <laughs> mariachi they usually sings like uh, they sing boleros but it's like in a different way because they have a lot of string instruments and the voices are very it's not loud but it's bright and it's strong because they don't use a microphone when mariachis are singing usually they they are just singing their their heart out so that's mariachi and then banda is funny because i feel like banda is a little bit like country music and it has a lot from what country music has for the drums and guitars i think that banda country has to, meaning american country music? meaning american country uh, music yeah yeah okay i could see I that i feel like it has tex-mex yeah like the tex-mex exactly that's yeah. that's what it is Um, so I feel like it's it's funny how they are relatable, but these two countries they hate each other. Yeah, they. Or more so. more one country from the other. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. But okay. Um, and then going into the new styles, obviously the reggaeton. Um, reggaeton, they said it's come from it comes from from Puerto Rico. It's like a mixture between hip hop, even though it doesn't have a lot of hip hop. But okay, it's a mixture of hip hop rap and then like afro caribbean yeah, but you're missing something music what it's called reggaeton uh-huh reggaeton it started from reggae it started from they they say it came from panama from the latino el general yeah el general the, the, the spanish reggae artists that started creating their own little buzz and then they started reinventing a little bit and then it became you're reggaeton. right you're right and yeah then it mixed in with rap and yeah. other things and people started making a little more hip-hop-ish thank you for the insight no hey we're here to learn thank you <laughs> okay <laughs> then passing into <laughs> um trap is a little bit it's very recent like i i started listening to this style 
just because my friends were listening to this guy, Bad Bunny and all these guys. So they're more into trap, with, which they got it from the United States. Obviously, it's like a copy of whatever is happening here in the trap yeah, style. I haven't, I haven't heard them. I haven't heard anybody. I mean, it's too soon, but I haven't heard anybody, anybody uh, evolve trap into a real latin touch yeah no they're just taking a regular american soundtrack and, and doing the same just, uh, just in spanish yeah. yeah and then i have techno cumbia which is techno cumbia is a mixture between cumbia and techno music yeah which is pretty cool it's like um, electronic dance music re cut cut up you take cumbia you cut it up and you make electronic dance music out of it mm-hmm So it's pretty cool because I've seen dances and then the, the dances are cool. And, and it's, it's a cool fusion. Like it's different. The cumbia and then you have the electronic and, and techno. So it's pretty cool. So these are my well, Latino style music. Before we run out of time here, I'm going to add uh, flamenco. Yeah, flamenco. But... Flamenco, okay, the go. thing about flamenco is that it's not Latino, it's from Spain. Exactly. But but it's Hispanic. It is it, Hispanic. And if you go to Latin American countries, you will hear this and you will hear it mixed. You'll hear a mixture. You'll take some influences from it. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to add that in there. Um, Latin American, you got to add um, tango. tango. I know. You always forget tango. tango. Um, and boleros too. Boleros is part of Latin American history and... Every time you go to a Latin American restaurant or event, they're gonna sing at least one bolero. Even even the flamenco, um, we know a flamenco band, Los Cintron, and they will sing boleros in their in their show. So I think another genre you might have missed out. What? Latin pop, Latin rock. That's true, and I love it. Wow. Calac. It's sometimes the stuff is right in front of you and you don't yeah. even see it. You know what? It's that I went to I went for the more <laughs> cultural the the things that are not that relatable to the United States or that in the United States they they will not do it. True. But you have some big artists that you follow. You like I you know, love Shakira, you I love, love Shakira, Juanes. I love Juanes, I love Luis Fonsi, what? I love Um, well, Paula Alboran, he's not Latin American, but he's from Spain, Hispanic. Um, yeah, it's true. You're right. Um, I think also from Colombia, I always like the uh, Los Arterciopelados. That's kind of pop rock. Pop rock band from Colombia. And they mixed, in their music, they mixed a lot of Latin influences. And yeah, yeah. They, they kind of did their own thing. So that was that's kind of cool. Um, trying to think if we missed anything else. Yeah. Uh, What about um, Musica de los Andes? Andean oh, music. Mm -hmm. That's that's really good. It's got like more like that um that Inca sound that uh the yeah. flutes the pan the pan flute. Oh, yeah, yeah, like that's uh, Peru. Uh -huh. From Peru. Yeah. A little bit of Chile too. And yeah. then while we're down there, um, I could think of um, growing up Vallenatos mm -hmm. from Colombia. Vallenatos are a big Carlos thing. Carlos Vives, hello, shout out to Carlos Vives. <laughs> And um. And uh, the Musica de los Llanos. Yeah. You know, the guitar, the fast playing guitar, fast plucking, a harp que from Colombia. Como un seicho real de Puerto Rico. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. So that wraps this section up. Thank you, Carla, for your list. You're welcome. It was a lot of hard work, a lot of genres that you threw in there. Hashtag cultural talk.
Hablando español. Sí, vamos a hablar español. Speaking Spanish, speaking Spanish. Carla, what are the words? Okay. Comenzamos con we starting with dibujo. Dibujo. Dibujo is drawing. Yes. I know that word. Really? I'm good. You're good. Okay, next one. Next one will be papel. Papel sounds weird. I could throw an American off. Papel means paper. Paper. Paper is papel. Paper, papel. Okay. It's not that complicated. No, it's not complicated, but it doesn't sound but it doesn't sound, sound like paper. Yeah, yeah. Es papel. Okay. Then we're going into lapis. Ah, lapis. Oh, lapis. Así, así se supone que se diga lápiz. <laughs> okay. No. Lápiz. Okay, lápiz. And that's pencil. Lápiz and then uh, lápiz is pencil, pen, esfero. Esfero no es, es pen. No, es un esfero. Esfero okay, es this pen. Is, okay, we can start this. Is, we can start this discussion now, this argument. People, pen, pen, people if you pen. guys are listening to this podcast right now and you're on Instagram right now, Go and comment on the latest photo for episode for five. episode five. <laughs> latest photo, <laughs> latest latest post for episode five, and comment what is the correct way to call a pen in Spanish. In Spanish, is it esfero or bolígrafo? Esfero or bolígrafo? Just write it down. Write it on the last post for episode 5 on our Instagram write it bolígrafo or esfero I mean it's obviously esfero but let's keep okay, going okay let's keep going and then next word is imaginar imagine imaginar imagine all the people imaginar imaginar then yeah. I can think of Maybe los barriles de bomba, which would be drums, barriles, because it can be. Pero barriles, barrel. For as a as an instrument. I mean that's what it's. They're calling the instrument barril, but it it's there's drum which is tambor, mm -hmm. and el barril. They, you you guys might have nicknamed it barril, but barril is literally barrel. Well, but we're using it as, a, as exactly. an instrument, right? Igual, como el cajón. Yeah. Cajón, the people, is very com it's very popular right now. El cajón. Cajón just means box, right? Just mm -hmm. means uh, yeah. square yeah, yeah, box. Yeah. yeah, a wood box. Um, what about what about things like... Um, so we were talking about music. So what about violin? Violin. Violin. Mm -hmm. um, what about... Guitar. Guitarra. Guitarra. Guitar and guitarra. It's just that's where you gotta do those heavy R's. Mm -hmm. Guitarra. In Spanish is guitarra, but in English is guitar. Another one that gets that kind of translation very commonly in music is conga. In mm. English they say conga, mm -hmm. but in Spanish it's conga. Conga. So it's just an accent. So those those are words that are spelled the same and everything, just a different accent will give you a different thing. What about bongo? Bongo. Yeah. People say bongos, bongos. Yeah, in Spanish is bongo, bongo. or bongo. Bongo. Um, what about when we were talking about um, Mexican music? Mm -hmm. uh, rancheros. They play el bajo. 
rancheras mm -hmm. they play in the rancheras they play el bajo right the bass yeah uh -huh. so in the english bass. bass yeah spanish bajo bajo um what about maracas same maracas is maracas yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right i think that that's it yeah we're good you guys now are speaking spanish no excuses you are and remember to write bolígrafo or espero oh please All right, so that wraps up episode five. And we are going to be talking now. What is coming up on episode six? Use your eyes. Um, first portion is going to be drawing what you see, drawing from observation. I think we touched on that subject in today's episode, but next episode we'll be discussing more drawing, figure drawing. And why do I enjoy figure drawing? What do I draw from observation? Yeah. And then on cultural talk, we're going to be talking about dancing to Spanish music. How did we learn it and how it relates to our lives? And as always, at the end, the last portion will be Hablando Español. Yes, vamos a hablar español. Um, so don't forget, hashtag Cortez NYC Livestream. Follow us on Instagram. Shout out to everybody who's already responding to our post. We will be launching this shortly. Uh, this is episode five.